0: When this boy meets world. When this boy meets world.
1: What up, bros? What up, bros?
0: And welcome to Bra meets world.
1: When this bra meets world. Chicka chicka world. (laughs) Your (laughs)
0: boy meets world fan cast. Uh, This is episode 87. I'm Siege.
1: And as always, I am Tony Coitus. Oh, so we're going high and low. You go rap, but then like a nice, soft jazz voice. <laughs> I'm, Where they- I'm trying to add dynamics to the podcast. Covering okay? all the bases. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is an yeah. audio format. We have to tantalize the ears.
0: <laughs> I love tantalize the ears. Okay, as you can hear, we have a special guest this episode. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Can you tell them about it? uh you know what we are joined with a guest um that i'm gonna let him uh introduce himself but for this specific episode we're doing quiz show and we thought you know what why don't we bring someone who has some nerd knowledge to the show so uh maddie i'm gonna let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh yourself and your relationship to boy meets world
2: Okay. Yeah. So um, my name's Maddie Washburn. Uh, I am one of three contributors to the Watchtower Database, a YouTube channel that primarily focuses on uh, the DC animated universe, uh, from Batman: The Animated Series up to like Justice League yes. Unlimited. It's tie-in comics, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, Every now and then we, we, you know, diverge into other things. Um, Just this past April, as an April Fool's joke, I did like a (laughs) a Minions uh, um, video. Um, But yeah, so, you know, lots of, lots of pop culture and nerd stuff going on over there. Um, My relationship with Boy Meets World. um, I I think... I want to say it's probably about the same as most nineties kids where, you know, it was always on ABC family, Disney channel, all that kind of stuff, always watching all the reruns. Uh, I've been meaning to rewatch it for years. Uh, I think like ever since girl meets world started, I was like, I'm going to sit down at some point and watch boy meets world all, all the way from the start and just go through it again. Haven't done it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't, haven't done it yet. I was, I was looking forward to doing that. Um, you know, soon but as i was saying to uh to siege uh before we started recording um my sister who i like swapped my hulu account for her disney plus account seems to have stopped paying for her disney plus so <laughs> it might it might take me a, a second longer until i can uh do the full binge but i loved it loved it as a kid uh, I feel like that the Halloween episode really stuck out to
0: me the most out of all of them.
1: You, you yes. guys know which one I'm talking Absolutely. about, Absolutely. Right? And then there Season was Sean. Five and then there was Sean. Yes, it yeah. is yeah. the
0: most like. Um, so I'm part of a Boy Meets World uh, mm-hmm. Facebook group, and I think they just did like a poll, and that is the number one episode that most people refer to and or talk about. Only second to the, the Lauren episode. episode. Yeah, yes. the ski. You said which episode? ski trip episode um i don't know if i remember that
1: one oh <laughs> trust me <gasps> wow that's oh wow okay i'm excited for you to watch through then. i mean you're going to have a big surprise yeah i uh, i'm
2: i'm i'm looking forward to it as well it, it 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 seems like it'll be um like interesting watching these kids go from being children up through you know their college years and everything so I'm really and, and uh, you know if I tack Girl Meets World to the end of it being adults now, um, so I'm looking forward to to you know watching it on my own time eventually, hopefully soon.
0: I have to admit, like you just brought up something that I don't really think we talk about often, which is the fact that this is one of very few casts we've literally seen from like absolute childhood until they go to college. Like I can think of and, and beyond. Sp- yeah, I think I can think of Saved by the Bell and this show only maybe Full House now because of Fuller House. But like even with Full House, did we really see DJ go to college or anything like that? I'm just I can't think of any show where we literally watch them go from like elementary to college and the only
1: thing i can think of um would be like denise from the cosby show um but if we're talking about like the fact that we're seeing child actors play a character that they embody for the rest of their lives you know i think about the brady bunch as like one of those shows where like there's keep the revivals keep happening and they keep popping up every now and then and they're this cast is just tied for life to yeah. these characters that they've played that are so beloved
2: yeah yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think, uh, I, I feel like I don't have, uh, too much of like, you know, 90s sitcom knowledge, but like in my head, I'm thinking maybe Ashley from like, uh, fresh Prince, you know, as she yeah, ages yeah. over the, the course of the series. But I don't, I don't even think that that
1: ran like as long as boy meets world did. Yeah. I mean, if you tackle on girl meets world, no way. I mean, that's like what 10 seasons of this, of this world. Um, So, yeah, very few sitcoms or actors have had to the privilege of playing a character that long.
0: Yeah. So we've mentioned a few times that we are doing the quiz show episode. Um, I'm really excited to get into this because I I had a bunch of notes right from the beginning. But uh, T, why don't you hit us with to tell me about it?
1: <clears throat> the Tell Me About It's honestly not my favorite just because there's so much to this episode that I could not encapsulate into a single Billy Joel lyric, but here's my attempt. <clears throat> tell us about it. Tell us all about Quiz Show. The kids, they think they know something. Turns out they know nothing. Okay, you're right. It, like, you had
0: me in the beginning, but I'm going to say right now, uh, it's yeah, it's not the best. This was very it's much hard. Your, your Nicki Minaj lazy lyrics. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say.
1: You know what? That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'll throw in the flag today. But I will say that this episode, for me, upon rewatching it, I could not help but see the political parallels between the um, emphasis on entertainment over knowledge. Um, and the long-term effects of that and how that's like perpetuated in America ever since like I this episode even aired like I that was kind of I'll start right off the bat with my initial impression of bruh because the whole episode I was like wow like this feels so relevant to where we are now and for Maddie our bruh moment is that moment that kind of like made us go wow this feels very relevant and and this whole episode gave me those vibes so I'm, I'm excited to get dig into it
0: so I love that you say that because you came from it from a completely different point of view but let me let me just do the episode recap okay so this is season four episode 19 quiz show the producers of a dull but prestigious academic bowl since a hit after Corey, Sean, and Topango become the star contestants, enlivening their show with humor, pop culture knowledge, and more. But Mr. Feeney concludes that today's modern world puts entertainment before education when the show's newfound popularity causes it to change its questions from brainy to brainless.
1: From brainy to brainless, that's better. That's a better...
0: Yeah, honestly, I feel like... All right. You know what? Before I go into it, Maddie, why don't you give us your first thoughts?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, um, I think like a lot of it to me is I understand, you know, the value of the educational stuff, but one of the things that hit me really weird Was that Feeney's talking about, um, you know, we got a new book every six months back then and now you get, you know, a new this or that every six seconds. And it, it, it came off to me as a kind of like back in my day, you know, our entertainment was more valid than your entertainment. That kind of <laughs> rubs me the wrong way. It just, you know, feels like, like, you know, an old geezer argument. The same one that you hear, you know, over and over and over again today. Uh, like, like, especially when this is coming from a TV show that by its very nature is, you know, a, a, a pop culture thing. For it to be saying, you're wrong if you like pop culture. it it. it like, there's obviously a balance of it all, right? Like, have any of you ever needed to know, like, in your adult life, you know, that the Fertile Crescent is between the Tigris and the Euphrates? Like, it it, it's up
1: daily for me.
2: <laughs> 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 it's, like, it, it's, all, it, it's stuff that's worth knowing, you know? It, like, like, we need to know history and learn from history to not repeat the mistakes of history. But knowing this stuff, like, matters less In, you know, a culture where small talk and conversation is based around, you know, pop culture stuff and not over this pretentious trivia. Like, I I feel like it may have been better done had they, you know, focused on pieces of the educational system that, like, help you as you go forward in life, whether it be, you know, math or science or something. But, like, just, just historical trivia facts just doesn't seem to really sell it as well as that
0: would have. I completely agree. I, I love that you said that. Cause I, I loved what TC came in here and said that it's trying to tell the story of entertainment, um, prioritized over education. And I was like, if that's what they were trying to do, they completely missed a mark in my eye because all I saw was, Feeney being like, how dare you know X-Men comics and not know um, who did the printing press, which don't get me wrong, those are really valuable. But at the same time, it reminded me earlier that this very show argued that Turner could teach social studies using comic books. So it's very dismissive of the lessons that can be learned and can be taught using pop culture. Plenty of people learn very weird scientific facts. How many Redditors do we know can calculate how tough, um, vibranium is, you know, (laughs) like just based on these things, it's like, it's a marriage and what you said earlier, balance is really important, but to say it's either,
1: or is what this episode does and it really bothered me. T, I think it's so interesting that you guys both had a very similar perspective because I saw a very consistent story arc of the exchange that happens when ratings are prioritized over giving out knowledge. And I thought about like, you know, the way that our news has become a search for ratings over a search to you know distribute proper knowledge and information. And so I, I came into it with that eye, and maybe I saw something there because I was looking for it. Um, but I mean, even, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the details because we're going to talk them through. But like, there's one point in the show where they're like, how much does the moon weigh? And the smart kids give the factual answer, but the opinion. Is celebrated over the fact. And that was something that I really walked away with. Like, wow, like that kind of leads to this whole, like, you know, if you think about where we are in 2020 as a country, is it because opinions were rewarded over facts? And so that's the the thread that I saw throughout the episode.
2: Yeah, I can, I can, um, like, I can definitely agree with that, but I feel like that was kind of put on a backseat. One of the things that I remember from this show is that. Feeney is supposed to be, you know, the moral arbiter, the voice of wisdom, and everything. So, if he's not the one explicitly saying that, it seems like that message, as far as the script is concerned, takes a back seat, right? Like, I, I kept thinking while watching it that it would have been a much more worthwhile episode had it focused on, um, you know the 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 willingness of these deep-rooted institutions throwing away their integrity while yes. chasing the money, and like I, I agree with where you're coming from on that, but it just seems like from the context of what was presented to us, that was kind of in the back seat in comparison to the pop culture is dumb and you shouldn't waste all your time on it uh, uh, narrative.
1: And and I know you haven't been watching the show with us but CJ kind of mentioned earlier that when uh, season 2 starts we start with this incredible episode where uh, Turner's trying to teach the Odyssey to the students and he uses X-Men as you know gods and powers and like are you know, like he uses X-Men as a way to teach classic literature. And so what he was saying about how they're kind of hypocritical in the sense that in one angle, they're like, no, we can actually use pop culture to further education. This one seemed to be like a a versus, which doesn't exactly meld with the rest of the, the series.
0: Yeah, I love everything that everyone's pointing out. Of course, Matty is on my side, so then he had my interpretation. But I do like the idea of T, that you're saying that this episode is kind of a precursor to the alternative facts, news as entertainment, opinions matter, like even in the at the end of the episode, that little trivia at-home trivia game, it's like, where does milk come from? One says cow, one says uh, from a milk carton, and like subjectivity is rewarded. And I think that if that was the argument, absolutely, I would love to hear more of that and and see that storytelling. But that's not what you get. That's not the takeaway. I think we've already shown two out of three of us were like, why are you shitting on nerd culture? You know what I mean? I will say
1: that. I also am am a nerd to a very big degree, but I loved um, what I thought of was the nerds of the past versus the nerds of the present. Whereas the nerds of the past were based in intellectual knowledge, and now the nerds of the present are based in more subcultures, like comic books and movies and things that aren't really subcultures anymore. This is just pop culture now. but it, I just the idea of what a nerd is versus what a, a nerd is now um, uh, then and now was really interesting for me to kind of think about while watching the show.
0: Also, the idea that what one of the things that I saw is the host is like, and their future employers are, you know, and yes. I was like, actually, if you look at the real world, most nerds are the ones who are in charge and leading, uh, corporations and, you know, have their own YouTube channels and are making the money and making things that other people learn from. Whereas most people who were raised nerds, I don't know, have depression and are just trying to make it through.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I gotta say, you know, if, uh, if Kevin Feige were in that
0: show, he would have been in the, the, the Corey or Sean. Um, Exactly. And that's, that's the point is there is the way it's set up is very telling. in what the writers of this show, I felt like, this entire episode was a response to producer notes. I feel like this entire episode, yes, I got that too. Michael Jacobs being like, you want more Topanga, you want more Sean looking hot. And this is how I'm going to respond to that. I'm going to show you the value of a show that has integrity versus one that listens to producers. And I have to admit, there is something to that,
1: especially when we consider I think it's this season, we get singled out, right? Yeah. Oh my god, I got so many singled out, by it felt like they were openly mocking some of those shows of the time, like Singled Out, which is, uh, to, to Maddie, we had an episode maybe earlier the season five, six episodes ago, where Eric is a contestant on the MTV show Singled Out um, from the 90s, uh, and oh, so Jesus. yeah, and it's interesting that they're at one episode celebrating it, and another episode kind of mocking it I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, it is it it, it it is interesting because like like you said like I haven't been watching along with you guys but like now that you put it in this like meta contextual thing like I can kind of see where um you know where where TC is coming from uh and and like thinking that that was you know the main narrative of the show because like it it, it makes it makes so much sense that like the producers of Boy Meets World would have been like yeah, this is what you're wanting us to do. And it's stupid. And, and so maybe, maybe that whole thing was not like I was saying earlier as a backseat thing, but maybe a, this one's for the adults in the room who are going to get it. Yes. yes. Yeah.
0: So it's really funny. I just, I wanted to say, I looked it up because I thought when we did single out, remember, I hated that episode so yes. much. I wanted to know who wrote that episode and it was steve hibbert and steve hibbert is the writer of this episode wow so it is very much like he was given a task for shoehorn this in and he was like i'll do that but also we're gonna make our own episode as a response keep going
1: I, i was gonna say that it wasn't only the um the focus of pop culture over knowledge, there was a bunch of other things that they were talking about as far as like like Siege was saying, like selling out to corporations for a sponsorship and also how sexualized the show got as it went was something that I noticed too. Uh, it, it seems as though like there's... As the show became more of a corporation and serving to a corporation, the contestants became less, they became dehumanized in the sense that when the show starts, everyone is getting their names introduced. talk to respectfully then as the show begins to favor a certain group they only give them names and then as the show becomes even bigger they're just reduced down to their looks hair lips brainiac and then to the point where that's not even really a focus anymore so i i saw these these certain arcs that i felt like they were trying to play into of like how uh they really kind of, the show lost its integrity and how the kids were sensing that and feeling the need to return to something of more moral value. But I also can completely understand the, the criticisms of the, uh, Pop culture negativity as well. Oh, for
2: for sure. The the sexualization was kind of something that I was picking up on uh, as well. Not just with the contestants, but like with the 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 hosts and the you know the 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 crew on it and everything. Right, like the woman's shirt, you know, kept getting smaller and smaller up until it was you know basically just a a a two top or a a two piece bikini kind of looking thing. And as the show grew over time like you start seeing them bring in all of these like hunky shirtless men (laughs) dressed up in um Probably probably not very uh, uh PC conscious uh islander. I definitely where. want to come back to the Samoans.
0: Oh, we concept. are talking about <laughs> the appropriation of Samoan culture and the it's not just Samoan Polynesian and the blending of Polynesian culture. Because I was like, wait, you're doing Oahu, but you're using Samoans and those are completely different cultures. And I I guarantee you those are Hispanic
1: people <laughs> playing, the, like, you know, the Boy Meets World Universe, there's only one black person living in uh, Philadelphia <laughs> and tons of Samoans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. Um, but you bring me to, um I want to do our roll call real quick. And on our roll call, do we have... Stephen Gilburn as author, one of the hosts, Nancy Linehan as Susan, uh, Phil Leeds as Milton. And I enjoyed that because... Um, I believe Milton is the one constant. He Milton yeah. kept his job. And I was like, I don't know what you did, but he kept his job. <laughs> um, Mark DiCarlo as Brett, and then Gina Marie as Kiki. For me, I thought it was weird because television has always been married to sponsorship. It has always been married to advertisers. And I think that the argument that this show is bending to adhere to advertisers has some weight, but at the exact same time, if no one was watching high school quiz show, then it was going to get canceled anyway. You know, it's like you, you can't be like, Oh, you're ruining this show because you're uh, adhering to sponsors. When in fact, if the show doesn't get watched at all, then it doesn't have longevity in itself. But there is always I always come back to the balance because I also feel that the shows that did get swept up and trying to be trendy didn't last like Singled Out didn't last all of these like hip I think it was it called You Don't Know Jack all of those like flashy special effect game shows didn't go anywhere but Jeopardy and Will of Fortune and the ones that like stayed true to their formula but also learned to integrate pop culture Uh, we're the ones that stood the test of time.
1: I was just going to say, great point about the, I mean, I, I feel like balance is a word that we keep coming back to because what you're saying is that not only is there needs to be a balance between sponsorship for advertisement for television shows, but also entertainment, there needs to be that balance there. We as individuals need to have a balance between formal education and pop culture in order to navigate the times that we're in. You know, it's like, I think Maddie was the one saying that like, you know, the, people that you know we tend to build relationships with are ones that we have shared pop culture knowledge of because we feel that there's a relationship there like oh you you're super in the X-Men I'm super in the X-Men like maybe there's something more to us that could be friends or a friendship could be built there because we have this shared knowledge. Like there's an importance to that, that I think you guys kind of picked up on and touched on, um, that Feeney completely disregards in the episode. Um, not that I feel like it's really Feeney's job to sponsor it. It would have been nice to have Turner in this episode as as another voice. Um, but um, i do think there like there needs to be that balance there cuz like Feeney said he was like you guys have all this knowledge at your fingertips and i was thinking about a 2020 mindset right like i can learn literally anything for free right now on the internet and i'm choosing not to so i can watch boy meets world again <laughs> so i i i see the points that were trying to be made
2: and i mean like even even on top of that and you know the 2020 mindset you don't even have to learn the things. You can you can always just look them up as you need it, uh, which is like another you know interesting thing going back to Feeney's. Like you get a new web page every six seconds. It's just like Feeney, what do you think are on those web pages? Right, like, like like sure <laughs> sure. A lot of them are <laughs> Rocco's Modern Life fan pages because they really like hammering home the Rocco's Modern Life in this. Um, but like there's, you know, so much of that it is also the the historical stuff that Feeney wants the people to learn. You know, it, it's stuff that's worthwhile. And I understand that, you know, back in the 90s, it wasn't as easy to, you know, search it all up. Uh, but Feeney makes the point of, you know, technologies at a place. Where it's never been before, and doesn't extrapolate for himself that it's only going to, you know, get better and better and better. And it's going to be so easy to, you know, look all of these things up, to find all of this information, that it, it it's not really going to matter for these people to remember that it was Gutenberg who made the printing press, that, you know, the Fertile Crescent was between these two rivers. Because if we need that info, we can just find it. You know, there, there there's there's a, all of these places that may not have existed in the 90s, but he could have extrapolated forward and like realized, oh, six seconds, a web page. That web page could have this entire history book that I'm holding, you know, put up on it. I think
0: that I love what you pointed out um, and the lack of Again, it all comes back to balance, but merging the old and the new. And I wish that this episode, instead of like writing off the show completely and leaving it behind had shown a world where they were able to update or like, you know, those those shows that those episodes in TV where you always see someone go to the extreme and then pull it back and find that that in between. I wish we had gotten that with this show where, of course, it goes all the way out to Oahu and it's too much but then they bring it back and it's like this happy medium. And they actually took Corey and Topanga and Sean's suggestion
1: of blending the two. I would argue that they did based on Sean's last question of the show. I mean,
0: (laughs) I mean, that's, that's a great argument, but I was, I'm talking about toning it down,
1: I guess, visually a a little bit as well. One of the things I wish the show would have emphasized was not so much that like, you need to memorize these specific facts, but you need to know your resources. Like for example, like, I don't know, me and CJ have been kind of talking about how there's been kind of this massive re-education of American history this summer that everyone seems to be going through and realizing that like, Hey, I wasn't really taught this about civil rights or slavery or any of this other stuff. And, you know, and kind of re-examining these things that this knowledge that has always been out there, but it just seems like we as a public are starting to really grapple with if if you don't know what to search in Google, you can't learn it. If you don't know to search like, lynchings during uh, Jim Crow, you're not going to understand that that is even out there. So I think what Feeney is, what I wish the show would have done is that Feeney was like, I want to plant these seeds in you so that you have a foundation so that yes, when you can look something up, you know what to look up or where to look it up or how to look it up. Though those foundational aspects being more important than the specific facts of what year this happened versus, you know, where the tiger's in the crazy all that shit seems irrelevant to Maddie's point. Um, Um, But I really wish you would have just focused more on just the basis of education being like, hey, I want you to know what to search when those questions come up.
0: Or even um, the connection of the printing press and its ability to give knowledge to the masses. To produce X-Men. Yeah, yeah, to produce X-Men. To, that led us to this yearning for knowledge. I mean, the fact that people are watching, but what is it called, finally? Huh, that's cool. Is that there is this thirst for knowledge for for trivia. It's just not what Feeney deems uh, respectable. And I think that if we had made the argument that the thirst for any kind of trivia leads to or is inherently a thirst for knowledge then that is a better way to reward the viewer as opposed to condemning them so out of
2: curiosity uh, because like you know i haven't been watching along with you guys this whole time does boy meets world ever do two-part episodes because it feels like this should have been
1: one Okay so right? this is this is a common thing that me and CJ always say. Uh we just did our very first two part episode which was called Long Walk to Pittsburgh where Topanga moves away and then she moves back. It's two part episode. It was the only two part episode we had in the series and to my knowledge I think the only one we have. Um but we always complain that this show really tries to tackle these really huge issues but because they're trying to do it in 22 minutes, they often don't find the most concise way of doing it. So it leaves a lot of loose ends sometimes it leaves a lot of questions that we have that go unanswered are things that we feel like we wish they would have spent a little bit more time with. This is a, a common complaint that we have about the show is that you know sometimes they f- it feels like they bite off more than they can chew. but if it even throughout this discussion, I think we can see that they really tried to tackle a ton different topics um and maybe had they just settled on one and done it right um it would have communicated better than this
2: gotcha okay yeah yeah, yeah. i mean because like like surprise like it's surprising to me that you know out of this 22 minute episode we've been sitting here talking about it for what like 40 minutes already of like this is a thing that could have been added in this is a thing that could have been added in right and and it's just like the the runtime of this is going to be much longer than the runtime of that like i understand that you know you've got to whittle it down for you know broadcast and everything you know they were signed up for a 22 minute show not a 45 minute show but it just it, it, it feels like just so much of this needs more room to breathe right because like i'm really liking you know the point you were making about like Um, where to look for you, you know, your, your information and and how to expand upon, like, I have this trivia fact, but like, what does this trivia fact mean? What, what, you know, what is the, the stuff that, you know, I could learn from it, you know, uh, uh, how does it affect where we are today? Um. You know, with with what you were saying about like how you, there's a lot of you know re-educating and everything that's been going on over this summer. Um, like, I, I've been you know very uh, actively you know in protest marches and everything over the summer and, and all that stuff. And just the amount of uh, the teach-ins and the, the talks that are being had through it. It's just like, yeah, I understood a lot of this stuff, but I, I feel like I've, you know, for a white guy have been more actively trying to search out information on, you know, civil rights and stuff like that over the past couple of years. And even then, like, I'm learning stuff I hadn't even thought of. And I'm sitting here, you know, looking at all the other white people around me who I'm like, did they even have, you know, the bit of the iceberg that I had? And it would have been nice to see Feeney guiding the kids to be like, look, history is not about the trivia facts. It is about what the trivia facts mean, what these means to to where we are today. And it would have been a, a lot more worthwhile of a message to do that than to do my trivia
0: facts are more important than yours. Exactly. Like I think about um, I just think about the idea you had said earlier, Feeney came off as like an old man, old curmudgeon, uh, especially in the majority of this episode. And I think about how they talk about our generation with social media and like, you're always on your phone. You're it's like, but what do you think I'm doing on my phone? Like most activism is done on social media. Most people are being taught right now, the history of police brutality and the importance of Medicare for all through memes. you know, it's like, that's how we're learning. So it's about taking the information to where the people are instead of just my information is better than your information or my route of getting information is better than your information. And that's just where I wanted to...
1: Right. T, you had a response? Oh, yeah. I just I love that we kind of brought up the the connecting the dots about how we can know about these like seminal things in history. Like you can know that, um, you know, if we're talking in terms of the reeducation of American history that we kind of as a society have been going through this summer, you know, you can learn, you know, uh, slavery, you can learn civil rights. But if you don't know what happened in the hundred years in between, you'll never understand, you know, some of the, uh, you know, really harder to grasp concepts and issues that we're struggling with now um, if you can't connect those dots. And so, um, you know, having the foundation to be able to search those things, super important. But I just want to point out how this this whole idea of my knowledge is more important than your knowledge, I think is fascinating. I think it's fascinating that the show, uh, the quiz show, saw that they wanted to favor a certain group then they switch the questions so that those questions would be ones that would benefit that certain group. I thought I was like from a, from a, you know, political perspective from like uh, even when I think about you know the disparity in test scores amongst you know different races, I couldn't help but to see those parallels of just like you know the SAT questions that you know a, a white kid from a su- suburban area might have might be a little easier to answer because those questions were written for them versus you know the questions that are given to inner city minorities. You know, so like thinking about it from those perspectives, I got some really interesting vibes from.
0: It. I the- think that Maddie pointed it out greatly, which is that this should have been either a two-part episode, which would have been actually really phenomenal to get like, you know, their rise to fame. They're on this and they have this decision to make. And then the following week, we figure out what, what happens and, you know, kind of the fallout and where the show itself lands. But I think that this episode does really well at showing how the show itself sells out. Like, you know, like points don't mean anything. You get all this glitz. glam. They at first put the first host in like a leather jacket. Like they're trying too hard. And to me, I was like, the, the show itself also is going to burn out quicker because they don't really understand the draw. Like people are, of course, want good looking kids answering questions. That's a formula that would work. Today. Like it, it's just the truth, but you don't need all of the extra, you know what I mean? It's like, I wish they had focused on that a little bit and really said something about it instead of just kind of like throwing digs at it without ever really commenting on it.
2: You're telling me that Corey didn't need to wear the brain hat? <laughs> <laughs> Love the brain
0: hat.
1: I was going to ask you guys, like, I don't know. There, There's a lot of, like, bigger things that we can kind of debate the merits of. But, like, there are a few, like, really enjoyable moments of the show for me. And even thinking about it from watching it as... A kid, this was one of those episodes I remembered liking a lot that was really enjoyable for me. And it was my first introduction to um, like bar trivia, like this idea that my random pop culture fact could be of merit. I don't know if either of you remember this, but VH1 had a show in the 90s called like Pop Culture Olympics, right? Where like there was like a show where they would take a, a master of movies and a master of music and like a master of TV and they would all compete against other people to figure out what knowledge they wanted to like what knowledge they knew better and I was enthralled by it as a kid because I was like oh this is shit that I actually know and you know um I know we've been kind of talking about the social aspects of it, but the fact that all of us have probably knew that X Men question and probably knew that Rocco was a wallaby, um, I thought was really interesting and, and fun to watch as a viewer.
2: Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, speaking of Rocco, like, I have a literal Rocco mask just sitting in my closet <laughs> right over there that, like, I found at Goodwill around Halloween time, like Nickelodeon license. And, and so, like, getting that to come up, I was just like, yes my boy and the the X-Men thing. Like I've been, you know, trying to rewatch some of them, uh, some of the movies with my fiance. So like when that comes up, I'm like, yes, it's like, it's like, maybe, (laughs) maybe
0: we do have a little bit of bias and maybe Feeney has a little bit (laughs) of a message that we could take. I I loved Teen jeopardy. I loved jeopardy. Like I would watch jeopardy. Uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? There were several TV shows, that we watched as kids. That was all about trivia and facts and they had an audience, but they also knew how to blend entertainment. Double Dare is a great
1: example of that. I was
0: going to say Double Dare is one of those, um, as, as an example. Um, but then also for me, I think that we, this show itself is a testament, but also in general, we all learned through the media that we consume and It's important to not disregard pop culture as teaching lessons because to this day, we will still quote Pocahontas, these white men are dangerous to be like, yo... (laughs) Like, they've been trying to tell us for years. You know, we will look at things like The Magic School Bus or Miss Grokey in um, Recess where we're like, these shows were always trying to give us a, a message that maybe went over our head, but as we rewatch watch them, um, we learn more and maybe it does spark interest in things that are entertaining, but also telling a bigger social message.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, like... That's part of part of that is like why it was kind of weird to me that they used X-Men as like a a, an example of bad knowledge when like so much of the existence of X-Men is about, you know, civil rights messages and like like, you know, it started off the whole the whole MLK versus Malcolm X thing. And then like, you know a little bit after uh, um, you know, boy meets world's time when X-Men went to the movies, there's like the whole LGBT subtext that's going on in them and everything. And so like to just disregard those as like, that's bad knowledge. Right. When Feeney's talking about like these books, 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 books is the, th-. and it's just like, okay, so if X-Men was a, you know, just a plain text book rather than, you know, having pictures and panels and everything as a comic book does, like would Feeney then see that as a more worthwhile, you know, way to learn a message, right? Like it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting that like they,
1: they use that example. Yeah. Maddie. And you know what, you're probably making this a a clearer point to me than I originally came into when I started this podcast of like, you, you know life is a reflection of art and art is a reflection of life and if i'm able to further develop my life through art who are you to talk shit about that like that's not a perspective i came into when i started this episode but i'm really understanding why you guys got that that vibe because you're right like there's so much um complexities to comic books which obviously we all know now in 2020 there's so much um that we were able to to learn through pop culture. Um, so to say that something because it is modern is less um, right off the bat feels uh, incredibly dismissive. So I, I'm, I'm definitely understanding you guys.
0: Also, for me, I think we we were talked we talked about the journey and the connection throughout history of like learning and facts and the printing press that got us to X Men. And I think that. For me, part of the reason why Feeney sounds so outdated is because there's always a concern about whatever the kids are into. You know, when books first came, people were like, books? Who's? Why are you reading books? You should be having intellectual conversations with friends. And then when people started writing in general, the people were like, why are you writing things down? You should be able to memorize all the facts that you know. So there's always going to be a problem with Whatever the kids are doing, because it makes adults feel like it's, it's never the right
1: material. We have to ban TikTok right
2: now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I ask you guys a question? Would this episode be better without Feeny in it? Would this episode have been better if it was just the perspective of the kids learning that they were being used as items? And so that, that moment towards the end of the episode where it's Sean and he knows the answer to the question, but he's deciding whether or not he should say it. If that was like the main focus of the storyline versus this like Feeny versus pop culture aspect.
0: I love that you brought that up only because my very last note is the significance of having Sean be the one who answers the question, especially since we know Sean's class um, positioning and the fact that she goes up to Sean herself, the producer, and... Corey and Topanga have already made their decision. They're like, we, we want there to be more knowledge. But she goes up to Sean and she's like, you're pretty. You don't have to do yeah. these things. Like, you're Like, what do you think? And I love that Sean was like, I don't have to know anything. I'm pretty. I'm only here to be looked at. And his rejection of the show was more of a rejection of being reduced to just his looks yes. than it was what the show was offering.
1: I kind of wish it was just simplified to that because all this other stuff complicates it, but that the simplification of just like realizing that you are just to be sold an object to be sold. um, And that realization and wanting to get out of it, uh, it to failing integrity as the show went on, how she was selling out more and more as she noticed that she was becoming more famous and having more of an influence. Super fascinating. It's something I wish they would have uh, simplified. So,
2: in the regards to like, whether or not it should have had Feeney, I feel like if it didn't have Feeney, like from my memory of Boy Meets World, like Sean comes up from like a pretty poor family, right? Like, like yeah. trailer park dad kind of kind of situation. If it didn't have Feeney, I would 100% have wanted there to be a split in the group where
1: Sean's like, no, I'm a fucking get
2: that bag, you know, yeah, <laughs> like
1: financial pressure fascinating yeah like
2: like i I would have but but with the feeney aspect in it you know like like it gives sean a reason to like give himself an out whereas like had feeney not been in it at all like we probably would have got like a more interesting conversation about the class dynamics of everything
0: Mm -hmm. right
2: because like Corey's family being, you know, the suburban uh, family that they are. And I would have made sense for them to be like, no, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be, you know, reduced to this. Whereas Sean, it could have been like, look, I don't care that I'm being reduced to this because this is my, you know, my, 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 my state of living. And I need this for me. I need this for my family. Like, and if you guys want to be good friends, you will help me with this, right? Yeah. And, and it would have been a, a completely different message altogether, I feel like, um, had Feeney not been present in the in this episode.
0: Sure. Exactly. Give me the two-parter. Like, I feel like that's a perfect example of a two-part of the, the perils of fame, so to speak. Um, and very, as you said, very much a real track out of poverty for Sean that... He's. I mean, Sean's being rewarded for the knowledge he has now, as opposed to having to go back and learn more in a system that Sean just doesn't really feel rewarded in. So I think that you really brought up uh, a storyline that would have been fantastic and um, I really would have enjoyed. I only have the... Polynesian conversation that I want to have and then I want to wrap this up. Does anyone else have anything they want to say about
1: this? I love when Feeney points out that there's a direct correlation between knowledge and privilege. I thought that that was something that was worth worth note. Um, and the last thing is just that I, you know, uh, I always call it the Michael Jacobs ending, which is when it like ends on like an incredibly sweet note, which is the kids coming early to class and realizing that like, hey, maybe we don't know as much as we think we know. I, I really enjoyed that. Like there is a humbling experience uh, character arc that these kids go through of feeling like they don't know much, feeling like they're rewarded for knowing so much, and then realizing that their understanding of knowledge is actually quite limited, is a really mature um, character arc for you know teenagers to have, and so I, I really enjoyed that. Maddie, did you have anything else about the episode you wanted to mention?
2: No, I mean I, I think I think we've basically you know hit all the hit all the bases. Uh, I, I honestly, you know, when I was asked to come into this, I wasn't expecting there to be as deep of a conversation to be had <laughs> about, you know, a 20, 25-something-year-old sitcom. It's what we do. It's what then, we
1: do. Honestly, you would be surprised how often this happens. Like, <laughs> as much shit as we sometimes give these episodes, like, one of the things I always give this episode, these episodes credit for is the fact that 20 years later, we can still have really deep conversations about them, whereas that's not the case for every show. Like, when you watch a Saved by the Bell episode, there's not much to talk about but just how <laughs> shitty Zach is. Um, whereas, <laughs> you know, with this, there's just a little bit more nuance to it. So, um, yeah, it's a great show.
0: Okay, so let's move into our bra moments. Um, as I said, for me, the bra moment was definitely well. There were two. One, it's reducing the them down to lips, hair, and at Fourteen. I was like, wow, the idea that you would reduce a teenage girl down to just. Hair, a teenage boy down to lip, and then tell the third one, Nah, we'll give you a bit. Like, I was like, Oh, wow, that's very, very hurtful. And I can't believe that you would do that. But also, the using of Samoans and the blending of the cultures that is Polynesian culture was just very upsetting. And as I said, most likely using Puerto Rican men to play the Samoans in general uh, was something that I was like, I. This would never stand today. <laughs> so
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like those are definitely two things that like really hit me as well, right? Because we're sitting here and we're we're watching, you know, this game show that's been put together by like adults who have an air of respectability to them. And then all of a sudden it's just, hey, these teenagers, let's find what what like the sexiest thing is we can about them. And it's just like <sighs> Hold on a second, like, like I know that, like, you know, CW be doing that stuff with their their twenty year olds who are pretending to be fifteen year olds. Oh, but like these are actual, you know, fifteen year olds. What are we doing here? And then like, I, I'm not, I'm not like as as well versed in you know all these the Samoan Polynesian culture everything that there is, uh, but like. As soon as we had those guys in the, you know, the tiki skirts and like the 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 um what are the luau flowers, I, I forget what they're called. Lace. Yeah, Lace. yeah, yeah. Just going in with their spears, like oh, we're gonna I was just like, whoa, back, back, <laughs> back it up just just
1: a little bit.
2: Like,
1: I'm sure I'm the doing? Samoan community was not happy about being reduced to spear chuckers. I, I, I can't imagine that they would be. You know, when I look back on the 90s and 80s and 70s, you know, there's a lot of um, this trope of the nerd. And, you know, uh, how the nerd gets picked on for being smart and how the nerd gets, you know, uh, bullied for their knowledge and how that's there's been a kind of flip in that in our societies where, you know, we can kind of appreciate that someone has knowledge and the importance of it and, you know, support them. Um, And I just thought it was really interesting that there was a time in this country where it was completely acceptable to publicly shame people because they knew more than you. And if you devalued what they knew, if you said it doesn't matter to know this, then it doesn't matter if I know it. And I don't have to challenge myself to grow and to mature. And there was just a, a decades where that was just like, the bread and butter of entertainment. When you think about Revenge of the Nerds, when you think about Screech and, you know, Urkel, and just like what these characters were, this trope of the nerd. Um, Carlton. Carlton, (laughs) Carlton, yeah. You know, it just feels really um, like America showing its own ignorance in a a way that made me go, wow, bruh, that's crazy. Kind of explains why we're at where we're at today. (laughs) Yeah, and and that,
0: are we at the grading portion? I want to say, well, we have the lesson of the episode. So our Feeney lesson, if everyone can give me like a real quick, what do you think? And that's what I feel is hard. What do you think is the lesson of this episode? What's your takeaway?
1: Balance. You need a fine balance of of wisdom, but more than that, you need to be able to deter what's important knowledge and what's not important knowledge. And maybe that's a personal decision, but that distinction is quite important is is what I gather they're trying to.
2: The more that I'm thinking about it, I feel like the lesson is is more or less about, you know, selling out your integrity, right? Because like I was saying that, that lesson kind of took a backseat as far as, you know, the, the, uh, the TV show itself uh, within the episode, but it's also mirrored in, you know, Corey Topanga and Sean's, uh, um, you know, lesson as well. So, the more that we keep talking about it, I keep like batting it back and forth in my head. Like, did that actually take a backseat or was that the actual, you know, intention? Was that what they were trying to push through to us? It is like, we need to find our boundaries of where we're willing to, you know, let ourselves come off a little bit short without selling ourselves out entirely. You know, I, I, I feel like, it could have maybe been hammered home a little bit better, but seeing it mirrored in the TV show and the main characters, I feel like it is kind of what they were trying to get at.
0: Yeah. I love that. You said that. And I think that that'll be my takeaway from this uh, episode as well. The, I'll say the value of knowledge of all kinds, but definitely the willingness to humble yourself and know that there's always more you can
1: learn. Totally. That's great. That's great.
0: Okay, so we are at the grading portion. Uh, What grade would you give this episode? Maddie, we do uh, A, B, C, scale, pluses, minus. You just give us what grade you would give it. Oh, I'm being put on the spot. I'm the first <laughs> one to, I'm the, I'm, I,
2: I can't, I can't form my opinion off of y'all's.
0: <laughs> um, Try to cheat off our test.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a strong B. Let's give it a B plus, you know, like, like we said, um, there's some downfalls. There's some stuff that they could have absolutely expanded more on, especially had it been uh a, Given more room to breathe in a two part, you know, 40 minute experience, right? You know, the class aspect, the bringing in Mr. Turner to, to, you know, kind of bat back and forth over the, 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 um, worth of, you know, the pop culture stuff. Uh, but for, for what they did put on screen and the amount of, you know, conversation we were able to get out of it and the amount of, of you know, uh, uh, Worthwhileness that that You know the message had uh, I've got to say you know it, it didn't get all the way there But it got pretty close I'll give it a B plus
1: I uh, feel The exact same way I'm going to give it an A minus Because uh, I know that there's been episodes that are very good that me and Siege can hardly really talk about because the show just encapsulates it so perfectly that there's not really much for us to add on to it. Like they just, a home run. It was just a home run. They did great and we can't really add anything to it. Um, this was not that. There were so many different takeaways. There were so many things where we felt like we wish we had more here and there. Does not get the full A plus, but because it tackles so many fantastic ideas, um, it's so ambitious of an episode. And because I'm seeing the relevance of it in 2020, I give it day minus. A-. All
0: right, I'm going to give it the lowest grade, but it's definitely higher than I originally would have, which is a B minus. Um, I feel that this episode, because TC brought in the viewpoint of uh, opinions as facts, and the commentary, as Maddie was saying, of selling out and integrity being brought in was definitely missed by me. And through our conversation, I was like, hey, you know, actually this episode is a lot better, but it just also doesn't tell the story that it wants to tell as great as it could. Like I think a lot of us got to the conclusions because of this discussion, not because of the episode itself. So I'm going to give it a B minus, um, which is higher than I originally was going to give it, but I do think it it, it is earned through uh, this conversation. So. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. All right. Um, now, homework. Uh, Maddie. our homework is where you can give anything that you want to plug, anything that you... Of course, we will uh, shout out Watchtower Database, but is there anything else you, you think our listeners should listen to or what you're listening to or watching? Yeah. Um.
2: Actually, I just finished Umbrella Academy Season 2.
0: <laughs> and, and
2: goddamn, <laughs> the first season was good. But I've always been a fan of period pieces. Right. And so so for this season to take and throw everybody back into the 60s and separate them all. So they're all living, you know, different lives, different experiences as you would, you know, in the 60s and seeing how, you know, the experience of like. A a strong, tough white dude in the 60s and then meeting back up with, you know, his 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 black sister who, you know, is obviously living a different experience. It being the civil rights era and everything. And like just how poignant that is for where we are right now. Right. Because like they obviously this was written and 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 recorded and, and everything. At least months ago, if not about a year ago, uh, and for it to come through where we are right now with you know the Black Lives Matter movement like as strong as it's ever been, and the con- consistent protests and everything, it just felt like, wow, they had to have known that this was gonna happen to you know make something as poignant
0: for the time as as they decided to. Absolutely. The moment Allison walked into that restaurant and it said whites only, I was like, okay, now I can watch this. Because <laughs> if you didn't acknowledge the very different reality Allison, the only black character really, but the only black uh sibling would have compared to the rest of her siblings in the 60s, then there's no point of going to the 60s. So I'm happy. Oh, for I'm,
2: sure, for sure. Like, like I I, I don't know. How far into it this was, but it's not really a spoiler. Uh, but there's 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 one line where she's sitting and talking to her husband, uh, uh, you know, about their work in the civil rights movement, and tells him she tells him like, even in 2019, you know, where I came from, the work's still not done. And he's just like, but the, you, you said there's a, there was a black president?
0: Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and and like, like... Got some news for you, buddy. <laughs> it, it's,
2: it's very interesting, like, seeing that being acknowledged, especially, like, from the fact that, like, you know, Umbrella Academy is a property made by a white man. And I'm sure that, like, the, the TV show... Uh, is like being adapted by what Steve Blackman, I believe is his name, which I'm sure is another white man, you know? So getting to see that acknowledged that like Obama's not the end point, we still have a a hell of a lot of work to do is like, is really nice because like a lot of the Twitter conversations that you'll get into uh, about, you know, politics and Obama's legacy and everything when you're like, well, he could have done more. And
0: people are just like, how dare you? We have this conversation all the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I talk so much about Obama now. I don't even know who I am, guys. Between the drones and the immigration, I got, I got complaints.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a long way off from, from where we start with Umbrella Academy. I'm sure I'm hijacking the conversation. You guys no, have things to plug as well. That's
0: what this podcast is about. It's, I mean, we, we talk about uh, voter rights and uh, race relations almost every episode. And there are very few black people at this show. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, like, one of them has a black girlfriend in college. And I feel like that's the only
1: black character that I remember from the show. Turner has a black friend for one season.
0: And those are the two. Oh geez. Uh, T what is your homework?
1: Oh, um, you Okay. So, um, I mean, I don't know when this episode's gonna be released. Um, obviously, I wanna, this has already been out for a while, but Black is King Beyonce is incredible pieces of art that moved me to tears. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um, I saw a fantastic Showtime documentary about the Go Go's, uh, the band from the 80s. I don't know if you guys are familiar. What the, the, I'll tell you this about the Go Go's, which is the thing that looped me into this documentary. Which is the Go Go's are the only all female group to write their own music, play their own instruments, and have a number one record. Wow. History, period. Wow. And so, like, I from a like I'm trying to challenge myself to kind of like learn about you know uh, minority groups that I'm not a part of. You know, learning about um, different cultures, learning about what I can do better from a feminist perspective, about trying to like you know check myself on a few things and it's fantastic uh, done watching this documentary because you can see all of the points in which men kind of interfered with their success and their growth um which i just thought was just so fascinating so um you know uh great documentary great music um and that's that's really all i want to say except for the fact that this was kind of announced a while ago and i want to make sure to bring this up on the podcast that lee daniels is doing a remake of The Wonder Years, which I consider to be the prequel series of Boy Meets World from a black family's perspective. And when you were talking about Umbrella Academy, about tackling the 1960s for all that it is, one of my biggest complaints is that I love The Wonder Years. I love the show. It's such a sweet and well-made show when I was watching it from a very narrow lens. And going back and watching it, it's kind of disturbing to see how much is just left out of the conversation. you know, the the series starts the school year after uh, Robert Kennedy is assassinated. And yet there's not really anything else that kind of goes into the historical implications of that. So I would hope that we can kind of see a little bit more of what we've all been talking about as far as like them incorporating the 60s and the 70s, that time period and showing it with a lens that's a little bit more accurate than the original Wonder Years. Um, but I just, I wanted to throw that out there because I thought it was interesting.
0: That is, I'm really excited to see that myself. Um, my homeworks this episode is this documentary on HBO. I think it's on HBO Max now called Showbiz Kids. And it is about, uh, child stars, um, in the industry. And it just kind of does like a very quick history of child stars, but also like what it takes to become a child star, um, how their lives have changed with social media and, Of course, the abuse in Hollywood, as well as parents taking advantage of you. And it just tells the story from interviewing child stars. Um, And I just found it very, very interesting. And you can understand very, very clearly how certain stars go one way and others go another. You can see the culture of parents really pushing their kids into it, but being like, he wants to be a a kid star, you know, like that whole uh, dynamic in you'll love this uh jada pinkett smith is one of the very key talking heads that they have in this and i was like i forgot she's a child star i forgot how long she's been doing this and to see her a former child star talk about the process as a mother of child stars um it's very very interesting and of course on this show where we are watching kids grow up i really do wonder what um what the background was for a lot of
1: them. That's but, so interesting, bro. Because you know we grew up watching true Hollywood stories and behind the musics and all that shit. And you, you know, you bring up Jada. I, I quickly does she talk about Willow at all? Does she talk about the fact that Willow legit just said, "I don't want to do this anymore" and gave yeah. up? Because I'm yeah, they bring it.
0: They bring so it up, and that's
1: one of my favorite things. Either like they
0: don't bring this particular thing up, but they she does talk about her kids and how they handled it. And one of my favorite facts is that when Willow Smith just shaved her head and she was like, I'm not doing with my hair anymore. Like, and I was like, Oh, and their response as parents being like, Oh, we weren't listening. We are listening now and we will adjust because you get so many people. There were lots of uh, kids who were like, I felt like I had to support my family, you know, like I'm doing this. I'm the paycheck coming in. My mom's doing what she can. So I have to keep working because how else will my family survive? And the weight of putting that on a child is so, you know, that's a whole other conversation we could have. Can I
1: can I, I just attach on a recommendation for Honey Boy on Amazon Prime oh, while you're talking about yes. that? Because I feel like that's the other side of that coin is seeing child Star from the perspective of a kid who is trying to financially support his family. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's, it's really well done.
0: Yeah, I feel like Honey Boy would be the fictional retelling of... Um, kind of this journey, so. Sure. All right. So that's it. Thank you so much, Matt, for listening to our rant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. This was actually a lot of fun. And I, hopefully I can come back through, you know, yes. at some point Absolutely. in the future. Absolutely, We will love to have you back. Love to have you and the rest of the guys from watch, uh, watch database. Join us. Um, I'll make sure to put all of your information in there. As far as our listeners are concerned, thank you for listening to Brumby World. You can find us at Brummeets World on all of the social platforms, or you can email us at bromeatsworld at gmail.com. Leave us a rating, give us your feedback, let us know which... Which '90s quiz shows you watched, and and um, how you feel about them? You can find me on Twitter at I am not your Oreo. That's
1: uh, see, uh, siege. <laughs> T. You can find me on Instagram at a braver me at braver And uh, yeah, guys, we really want to know what you guys think of this episode. We all had a lot of thoughts, and this was a childhood favorite of mine. So I'm interested to hear your response. All right, thank you guys. Remember to dream, try, and do good. Later, bros.
0: Later, bruh. Later, bros. <laughs> <laughs>